The Holy Gospel according to Luke in the 18th chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. May be seated. Does anybody know what season it is? Fall. Fall. (laughs) Yes, it is fall. Somebody said winter earlier, and I was like, um, not yet. Okay. Um, it is fall. Um, any other? What other, what other kind of seasons is it? Hmm? Autumn? Yes, that's just another word for fall. What else? Pentecost. All right, we got our church people in here coming at us with Pentecost. Yes. Um, Some of you who are faithful might also say football season. Yeah, that's not really for me. I don't really know much about sports, but you might say that. And I'm a little disappointed that no one said that. Um, There's also, it's also kind of another season in the church that I've noticed and I'll just give it to you because I don't think you'll guess it. It is parable season. Has anybody noticed that? Just over and over and over again, all these different parables. And you might be like, when will it end? Well, let me tell you what. I'm not really into football season, but I am into parable season because I love a good parable because they're kind of like a sporting event for me. It's like you kind of search for the person that you're supposed to root for. You have to kind of dig deep to figure out what's going on and how is it going to end and what's the meaning in all of this. Um, But maybe that's just me. I might be a bit of a church nerd. So if you don't share the same excitement for parables that I do, that's okay. I'll carry it for all of us. Don't worry. So we're going to look at this parable. In our parable for today, we've got two different characters, right? We've got the widow and the judge, and they're interesting and unique because they're really not how we would expect them to be. They don't fall into stereotypes that we would presume them to have. Now, I think we hear a lot about widows in the Bible, and I'm wondering what are some of our assumptions about widows? What are characteristics? Poor, yes. Old, yes. Sad, yes. 
Lonely, yeah, yeah. We always hear about widows being the people who are kind of marginalized, who are on the edges, who need someone to advocate for them and care for them. And sometimes that's true, but that is not the widow we are dealing with today. Today we encounter a widow who is persistent. She keeps coming to the judge and she's also seeking vengeance against her opponent, whomever that might be. So fun fact, I read this really great article on widows in the Bible that Pastor Andrew gave to me this week. So thanks Pastor Andrew for this sermon. Um, and one of the fun facts is that when the widow uses the phrase, grant me justice against my opponent, this is actually from the Greek word for vengeance the widow seeks is the same word describing, describing vengeance that God wreaked against those firstborn sons of the Egyptians in the Old Testament. Remember when there's the Passover and they have to put the red blood of the lamb on their doorpost so that God passes over them, but the firstborns of the Egyptians die? This is that same type of justice or vengeance as we may more clearly kind of describe it. It's punishment for those who have done wrong, and it's often based upon uh, misuse of power. So the Egyptians were misusing their power over the Israelites. Somebody must have misused their power over this widow. And then one more fun fact. When we hear the phrase bothering, a more accurate translation is strike me on the face or give me a black eye. It's actually a boxing term there. And so this isn't some meek, weak, old lady. She's coming at the judge and she may be even using violence against him. A little surprising, right? So no wonder he gets worn down. And also a reminder, don't underestimate widows. You just never know. But let's come to the judge, so the other person in our story. I know that oftentimes in parables, we assume that one character is us and the other character is God. So we might be wondering, is this judge God? The answer is no. This judge is not God. And I think Jesus makes that pretty clear. He makes it clear because this judge is unjust. He doesn't care about the people. He doesn't care about the widow. He only listens to her because his own safety is at stake. And indeed it is because this widow will fight for what she deems justice, even if it amounts to vengeance. We would kind of assume that her faith would be shaken when she keeps coming to the judge and getting nothing, but she just is persistent. And I gotta think that there's something in this world and in the experience of the widow and the judge that makes it so that she has to keep coming to the judge and the judge must be a broken person who doesn't want to see her, doesn't want to grant her justice. It is in and of itself a parable that is troubling. 
And if you heard it and it made you feel a little uneasy, that's okay. I find that there's nobody that I really wanted to root for. And now that you know all the sordid details, you might be feeling the same way as well. But that's okay. Because this parable is one that is different than other parables we might hear. If it sounds like a broken system where widows have to seek vengeance and the judge doesn't want to grant justice, well, that's because that is often the way we live in our world. That is often the experiences we come upon. We know that. I know I don't need to tell you all. We live in a world where there is violence, where there is war, poverty, hunger, where the poor don't receive grace and the powerful often misuse their power. This is the world reflected in this parable. It's our world. It's not God's vision for the world or the kingdom of God come near. And so we might wonder, well then, what's the point of this story? Why would you tell us this, Jesus? How do we fit into this parable, and what's our relationship with God based upon this parable? So at the very end, Jesus asks this open-ended question. Jesus is asking something of us. He says, will we still have faith? And I wonder with, in context of the parable, he is asking, will we still have faith, knowing that the world around us is broken? knowing that things like the widow and the judge happen in this world. And maybe what's even more important is will we still have the resilience to believe that the possibility of something different still exists if we have faith in God's kingdom come near. And so I want to go back to what I said a couple weeks ago about faith. Faith, to me, is based on trust. Trusting in what Jesus has said to us. And to trust, you have to have a relationship. Last Saturday, we had our confirmation class, and we had a really lovely time. We talked all about Jesus and who Jesus is. And at the end, I was pretty surprised and delighted when I went around and asked the kids, so, what's one thing that you would tell somebody who's in need about Jesus? And they had a great variety of answers from Jesus is love, pretty simple, really good, straightforward, what we need to hear, to God always forgives, to you are never alone. Their knowledge of who God was is abundant. And our faith is based on those things. It doesn't need to sound ominous when Jesus says, will you have faith? Because our faith is simply based upon what Jesus tells us about God. And in learning all those things, our confirmation students were building that trust and that relationship with God. To me, faith isn't just this rubber stamp of believing or not believing. It's this relationship that ebbs and flows, that grows and changes, but that is always based on God's desire to love us and be near to us. It shouldn't be a scary thing. 
And though I know that that ending question, it kind of makes us think of like end times and apocalypse and will we have enough faith in the end? It's really just Jesus asking us, do we have faith in God's vision for the world? And is that faith in God's vision for the world powerful enough, powerful enough to combat those broken systems of our world? the broken systems that create instances like the widow and the judge. But I know that's hard. I know it's hard to have faith when things seem pretty dismal. I've been practicing something lately, and it's something that I'm working on to make my different relationships better. It started because I have this tendency, and I wonder if you have it too. You see, when I'm planning on like working up to telling someone something that may be difficult or whether we've had conflict or whether maybe I'm just feeling nervous or anxious, I always think the worst in people. I always expect that they will react to whatever I have to say like the judge reacts to the widow. I expect them somehow to be angry, closed off, to be unforgiving or even cruel. And what's worse is I play the potential scenario in my head over and over and over again. And by your nods, I'm thinking that some of you do this too. <laughs> it's difficult. I go in expecting to have to be like the widow with figurative guns blazing or boxing gloves on. But I often find that the people I'm in relationship with, often Christian people, are more gracious and understanding than I give them credit for. And so my practice is this. I try to enter into things a new way. I try to enter into things with the vision of God's kingdom before me in a way that believes the best in someone else and believes that they want to continue this relationship and that they care. You see, this parable is one where no one expects the best in anyone else. It does reflect the brokenness and broken people. And it's brokenness that is often true. I'm not asking you to put on your rose-tinted glasses or pretend like the world isn't a difficult place. Sometimes our trauma and our fear cause us to see the world in that way. It causes us to expect the worst in people, even people we love. And it can even cause us to live in a world in a way that is also broken, where we hurt one another where we do not respond with grace, and where we create injustice. But when Jesus uses this parable, he asks for us to be different. He asks for us to not lose heart, to pray without ceasing for a world that is different, a world that reflects God's love, God's justice, and God's care for everyone. And when we have faith in a God like that, we are changed too. 
We become people who believe the best in one another and hope for a world where God's kingdom is indeed near. Amen.